0: Get ready for Solomon's Hey, giving the glory to God Yeah, you're hanging with Jason and Sean Get ready for Solomon's uh, keeping it real, keeping it relevant. Hey, come hang with the squad. Hey, let's talk about it, talk about it. CHA should a movie scene. Got a lot of questions thrown in the air from the east to the west and everywhere in between. Off. Uh, let's get it. Let's get it. We going in. You ain't heard about Solomon's where you been? Sit back and relax with a cup of joe. Here we go. I'll uh, let
1: the show begin. Yeah. Welcome back to Solomon's Porch yeah. Podcast with your host Jason. Ready to roll? Oh.
2: I I thought we were doing the whole dead air thing. Dead air? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Where there's, like, silence.
1: Okay, on the count of three, let's begin the show. One, two, three. Welcome back to The Porch with your host, Jason.
2: Begin the show. All right. With the sound of silence.
1: Welcome to the podcast and YouTube channel, uh... We are sponsored this week by TrueStrengthApparel.com. Head over to TrueStrengthApparel.com. Check out the latest and greatest on the merch over there for all of your workout needs and your regular casual needs, I guess, as well. So uh, today, we're going to be looking at the Batman Joker, the deleted Batman Joker video that they shared a couple weeks after the release of the film. Uh, So we're going to be looking at that. Uh, Later on, we're going to be talking about... uh, how we can know God exists. So for anybody out there who's questioning, how can we really know, uh, is it all just a matter of faith in something that you can't actually prove? going to be looking at that as well as, um, we're continuing our discussion on cultural trends that are killing the church. Today, we're going to be talking about the demand of excellence. So stay tuned for that. I think, uh, I know I'll probably get a little animated on that one because I get frustrated with some of this sometimes. So anyway, man, um, how you been this week? And Sean. <laughs> okay. So how you been this week, sir? Oh, I'm fine. It's good to have I you guess, on board. Yeah. Good to have uh, you here. Allergies
2: kind of allergies. me a little bit. Yeah. It's a yeah. season.
1: Here in the South, we have terrible allergy issues right now. Uh, pollen's everywhere. My wife washed the vehicles with the power washer, and about three minutes later, at the top of the van was covered in pollen again. So it's kind of aggravating and frustrating, but definitely kind of par, par for the course around here. So uh, so let's jump into the news for this week. Um, so I actually purchased No Way Home on, on digital. Okay, uh, I'm probably going to purchase it on disc as well, yeah. just because I'm that sucker that does that. Figures, yeah. Uh, I'll be doing that on April 12th when it releases. So I don't know if the Blu-ray has additional footage that the digital doesn't have. There was a lot of extra stuff in the digital. Okay. So, which usually they don't have as much on digital like that, right? Um, not as much as that seemed to have. Well, and then you know, depending on who you buy it from, sometimes it has different stuff
2: too. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so. so
1: are you excited for
2: Moon Knight? I, it mixed feelings on okay. it. Okay. You, you know, I like. I'm I'm ready to watch it just so that way we have something new to be able to um, binge, but. Well, we won't be able to binge it. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it comes out um, weekly, but uh, still, to be able to to sit down and enjoy, um, I you know, it, my daughter and I we just wrapped up uh, Star Trek Discovery; their their season uh, just ended, and so um, we are finishing off uh, the last episodes or so of uh, picard we've been enjoying that so we'll need something to fill that gap <laughs> so um you know hopefully moon Knight's going to be one of those shows that you know we find to be uh exceed any kind of expectations since i have next to none it should be easy to do <laughs>
1: um
2: but you know marvel has at times um you know gone under my expectations when I've had little to none before. So I don't know. Remains to be seen. Oscar Isaacs though. I mean come on, he's 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 a great actor, so
1: Yeah. I really don't know what to expect from it. This is kinda like in a way it's like WandaVision where yeah. I'm just not really sure what to expect. Yeah. Uh you know, I don't think a lot of people are really expecting a lot of Extra characters to come in. I mean, yeah. this is somewhat of an origin story. You're trying to get to know who the person is. Right. So you know, with the other other series that we we've have, had, we've had them. Yeah, this is the first introductory introductory uh, Disney Plus series. So you right. have WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and Hawkeye. It it so, it would be like when
2: Netflix debuted uh, Luke Cage and Daredevil and The yeah, Punisher. Yeah. So
1: which all of those are actually. Going over the Disney Plus, uh, they're already on Disney Plus now. All of them are. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Including Some Defenders, have to watch them just because. Uh, Defenders and
2: uh, also the um, Agents of Shield episodes. They, oh, they, cool. they, they've been there for a little bit, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, so- actually, I started uh, watching The Punisher over again. So, okay. On, on okay. D plus specifically, so yeah. Anyway, Moon Knight March thirtieth. So uh, probably even by the time that you uh, get this podcast, it might actually be out. Uh, May sixth, we have um, the Multiverse Madness coming out. So May sixth, yeah, it'll be here before we know it. It, it really will. Yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, blink and we go, oh wow, hey, movie, you ready to go?
1: Let's go. Well, the good thing about Disney is they're trying to space everything to where you always have new content, right? Whether it's a new episode of a show they have mm-hmm. or a movie, right? So, and they have different, you know, they have the Star Wars universe and they have Marvel. And so, I mean, movie-wise, Star Wars are not doing as much as they are with Marvel. Right. Uh, do you do you think that's good, bad, or would you like to see more Star Wars movies? Uh, it depends. So you want more Rogue One, less... I mean, they're not really doing Skywalker anymore. So. Yeah,
2: no, Skywalker's done. So, yeah, it. but, but it still really depends. I mean, if, if they're going to give it the same sort of treatment that they gave Boba Fett, then, um, you know, I, I'll watch it, but, you know... Actively desire it? Eh. More Rogue One, more um, Mandalorian? Yeah, sure. Totally down with that. We, we can go there. Um, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming out in May as well. Um, definitely looking forward to it. I think it's going to fill in a lot of gaps for us. Um, hopefully, they don't flub it like they did with... Uh, with
1: yeah, Boba, but, but you know, I think a lot of people are like they're, they're afraid to have high expectations. Yeah, we're a little just, gun shy now, not really sure, not really sure. So, yeah. um, so yeah, um, so we're gonna look at the Batman Joker, uh, deleted scene, okay, that they played. So, Matt Reeves, you know, he told a while ago he said that, yeah, I got this deleted scene. Uh, they took it out primarily because it was just a little bit too much, didn't add to the story. And, you know, they really wanted to be more of Riddler and right. not really try to give too much. I mean, you did get a little bit of Joker at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, this is not really like spoiler for the Batman. Uh, even though if you haven't seen the Batman at this point, that's kind of your fault. <laughs> so, um, so I, I just uh, before I play the clip, though, we do have uh, so we got this this kind of image here of what the Joker uh, potentially could be a, a version of and from the comics and this is the actor Barry uh, uh, Kyogen, I think is how you pronounce it yeah. uh, he played in the Eternals along with some other stuff and so let's go ahead and play the clip and I guarantee you that uh, we're going to get uh, dinged for this on YouTube but we should be able to keep the video up so yeah
3: Tell. Maybe you're the main course. Any theories? Not yet. Really? You're normally so ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to talk about me. What are you here to talk about? I want to know how he thinks. You know exactly how he thinks. Have you read this file? You two have so much in common. Avengers I think you don't really care about his motives, whether he loves or hates you. I think somewhere deep down you're just terrified because you're not sure he's wrong, huh? You think they deserved it, huh? <laughs> you think they deserved it. <laughs>
1: all right man what you think
2: uh you know probably one of my biggest um issues with uh maybe getting older is the ability to hear things clearly and uh, being able to hear the Joker is is probably the biggest challenge. I turn on closed captioning all the time on movies, just so <laughs> that way I can make sure that I catch all the words. Um, I, it, you know, first off, I think we ha- we have to address the biggest elephant in the room, which is: is this a Joker that we can buy into? Because this is the most Joker that that we get. Um, because from from the movie, you, you we barely get a, 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 a smidgen of them, yeah, and so you yeah. can't really gauge, you know, what kind of Joker are we getting. This isn't giving us the full on, but this still gives us quite a bit, at least enough to be able to work from to say, okay, how do I feel about it? Yeah, I'm still not sold, to be honest. You're not sold. I'm not sold. Hmm. Um, it, it, you know it feels like that. There's part of it that wants to be
1: um, Heath Ledgerish. Yeah, I definitely did feel that version of the Joker. Which I'm a sucker for Joker, right? So I'm okay with another Joker. I know a lot of people are tired of it. They want him to bring. They want them to bring some other villains and do some cool stuff with them. Like I get that. Like I feel like they did that with Riddler. Mm-hmm. They did a great job with them. You know, but, you know, one of the issues is, is, you know, there's a lot of other villains, but how well can you make them fit into, you know, this particular version of a Batman story being darker than even, you know, I'd say the Dark Knight. This is probably the darkest Batman movie we've ever had. Sure. So having this Joker with the most mutilated version of a live action Joker than we've seen. Right. Because his face is all tore up, fingernails, hair. Like you get that hair, that greenish looking hair. Uh so me personally, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. I'm one of those people like I I'm not a you know how you know how you are with coffee. Right. I'm not like that with, with, with Joker or Batman movies. Very snobbish. Give me exactly what what the fans want. So you you're definitely a Folgers man. Yes, I am a Folgers man.
2: The the point though I, I think is it's not so much the look. Um, because I I can accept that the look will always be a little bit different, right? Um, not like Jared Leto's character. I, it seems Such like we're always blaming liked... him, but it's not him. It's not really his fault. No, no. Uh, it's just the, the version he played. But um, so it's 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 not like we're we're debating whether or not it's that. I I I think it for me it's still how does his acting come across and because it still feels so much Heath Ledger-ish that I would rather him have been able to put his own spin on it to give me his um, interpretation of what the Joker is supposed to be and you know when we get to Gotham um, you know, and, and, and we did our our, by the way, you can check out our round five from our last show, which was of uh, DC villains and which versions we liked the most. Um, but you know, I think we agreed that you know the the joker from Gotham was probably one of the next best jokers next to Heath Ledgers. And, you know, it's not, you you know, it is very fledgling in in Joker's development. So, of course, we're not getting the fully, you know, jacked up uh, Joker version. Um, And that's okay. And
1: technically, this is not the Joker. Technically. Okay. He's not called the Joker. Right. IMDB, as long as Matt Reeves, this is a prisoner that Batman has locked up. Okay. Yeah. So, we're calling him Joker. For obvious reasons, right. So w- w- whatever, whoever this character
2: yeah. is. So, but we're gonna we're, we're going to associate him with the Joker. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It, it just I, I I want more from him. So I'm hoping that whatever we get next, he'll be able to put more of
1: his spin and in, into that development of the character. I think what I would like to see is I'd like to see, you know, obviously in this, one, we know that it's been about a year. So Batman started, this is year two Batman. So he locked Joker up or got him locked up when he first started. Right. Right, we get that. Uh, He's not fully become Joker yet, but he's going to him for advice on psychotic criminals. So what I'd like to see is I'd like to see... The next Batman movie, have Hugo Strange be a doctor that maybe has a couple of other villains that he's done or whatnot. Okay. And maybe Batman's trying to stop the villains, end up getting to Hugo Strange, but he gets the Joker's help during the film. Kind of like he did at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. Have him doing throughout the next one. And then the third movie be Batman and Joker. I think that'd be cool because then you see the the, the genie the 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 genius of Joker him understanding criminals, like, you know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff, and then at the end of it, you know, maybe he was playing Batman all along or whatever. Uh, I do know that they are creating an Arkham series for HBO Max. Okay. So I think the next time we're going to see Joker will be in a couple of years in that series. Gotcha. Or this mysterious prisoner, unnamed
2: prisoner. Well, there's still also the uh, Gotham PD um, series as well that's coming to HBO Max as well. So there's a slight potential that it could be in there. We might get more of the origin of this version of uh, the Joker. So how did he get mutilated that may come into play within the uh, that series as well. So, is uh, there, I mean, there's so many ways that they can go with it, and it's all up in the air right now, anyway. So yeah,
1: I mean, I'm excited. This Batman movie was awesome. This Joker clip was awesome. So yeah, I mean, without a doubt, um,
2: you know, if if you're a fan of uh, Batman in general and you've seen the Batman, then you definitely want to check out this clip because it it. it I, you know, I understand why they maybe didn't put it in the movie, but um, I definitely like it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have liked to have seen it in the theater. Me too. So. So. All, All right, then. we'll move it along. So um, just real quick, uh, a couple of reminders or a few reminders. Uh, Passover is April 15th through the 23rd. Uh, This year of 2022, Uh, I make special note to uh, remind you of when Passover is because I do feel personally at least that passover is one of those jewish holidays that is very grounded and rooted in our christian heritage uh so if you're not very familiar with passover i encourage that you look it up uh see um what the celebration or um the festivities uh, how they're celebrated, uh, how they're observed and what that meant to Jesus. And, uh, so as we go into, uh, the rest of the season, um, so going into crucifixion Friday, April 15th and resurrection day on April 17th, uh, maybe it'll help give you a little bit better glimpse into, um, what all of the, why that was so significant for, um, Jesus to observe Passover before, uh, he gave his life. Uh, also it's gotta be pretty important because it's like the one holiday that was specifically um, you know, pinned in the New Testament. So uh, when when the Bible's explicit, there's a reason for it. So Well um, the, the, the irony like Christmas.
1: I mean Oh sorry, but I'll say the the irony is is they don't really celebrate anything in the New Testament. Like, I mean they celebrate the resurrection of Christ. But like a yearly annual celebration. Right. I, I don't I don't know if they did that in the early, early church days. So Yeah, well I mean I, I would imagine that uh I in
2: and I in in my exploration, my studies of it all, I, I don't have much in the way of what the early church did in terms of specifically what jewish uh, holidays carried over but it is still largely assumed that there's right much of that that was carried over it's the specific laws that were somehow maybe lessened some still carried over because they were just good healthy reasonings yeah, yeah. for you know not eating pig at the time for sure um But, uh, you know, no reason not to celebrate Passover, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, because it's still part of them culturally. And then also, again, significant. So,
1: especially if you're, you know, uh, ethnic Jewish. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Music news. (laughs) All right,
2: getting into some music news. Uh, I actually have some this time. Uh, I've, I've only got two, but still. Um, on- <laughs>
1: Some's better than none. Yeah,
2: yeah. The the band Honor and Glory, which uh, is formed up by uh, members of Disciple, um, have huh. finally dropped their self-titled debut album, and uh, it, it's a praise and worship uh, album. It's really pretty decent. It, it's, of course, more rock than standard um, praise and worship um, but, uh, in fact, we'll be playing a track at the end of the, uh, podcast. So if you're listening to this via podcast, you'll be able to catch that track. Uh, also, um, I haven't been giving much in the way of metal news, but we did have a friend over, uh, the other evening as a guy's night out sort of thing. And he reminded me of, uh, Wolves at the Gate dropped their album, uh, just this month, Eulogies Ember, um, which i mean if you're a wolves of the gate fan you expect this to to be just as as hard clipping as as ever and, and it meets that, ex, that that expectation for sure so uh it, definitely a great album uh if you're a fan of metal uh and they released it in vinyl as well so always encouraged to pick up your vinyl
1: yeah man so uh So the past week, we've had some songs come through in our music submission process, uh, AC Lightning with Believe, uh, Little Red, Spiritual Warfare, which we're going to be playing uh, in the second break in the show. We have West Hook, Veil Freestyle, a.k.a. Fisher, Sweet Potato Pie. Oh, boy, you know what?
2: I want some now.
1: Thank you, A.K.A. Fisher, for that, and I'm yeah. going to be hungry. And then military mindset production, which we're going to be playing here right in just a moment here on the podcast. Um, I do want to firm. say it real quick. Um, so today I was I had the, the the honor and privilege of being on the Track Stars podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar with Track Stars, then I don't know how you found the show. But <laughs> <laughs> how did you find our show? So uh, so yeah, man. I was over there, had a good time. We did the line for line showdown. It was me versus Jeremiah, and I won. I won against Jeremiah, so I picked wow. uh, in the track star's music, music submission process. I go through that. I check you know, the best songs in that lineup or those who um, who use that as a promotional option. Uh, and he picked secular artists that has a similar style. Uh, I lost again today, personally, my song, uh, my last single that I dropped. And he told me, he was like, man, the problem is, is the beats that you pick are so unique and different. He said, they're not like a regular standard beat that most rappers use. So I got to go find who's got a similar beat. And it's all people that are like top line, top five rappers. Of, right. And I'm like, man, I got to stop picking so so articulate beats. Like I, I got to find some standard, simple beats. But <laughs> I don't want my music to be boring. So I guess I'll sacrifice my line for line chances of winning for Better beats. Anyway, that's fair. uh, So go check out Track Stars if you haven't had a chance yet. Uh, We'll be right back. We're going to be talking about five reasons we can believe in God. Make sure you stay tuned.
0: and now I run back. Speaker got a thousand times, I gotta keep it one stack. Used to think that all I ever needed was in one Mac. rapping on the MP3, the way my mind on one track. One track minded for the finest. Used to hide the crack under designer. Razor blades hiding in the folder of the binder. Body battle scars always serve as a reminder. I know that you struggle, all about your hustle. That's like 20 years for what you got up in your duffel. Word. Quiet down, everything you say is how they judge you. All that barking, someone about to grab himself a muzzle. Uh. Carrying them burdens, it ain't all about your muscle. Keep fighting that fight, homie, it's all about your tussle. Understand the son of man, the last piece of your puzzle. Touchdown, yeah, I got Jehovah in my huddle. What's up? Feel like you hanging from a thread, got the voices in your head, rise up and stand firm. Remember what's been said, all that you been fed like it, stay in that
4: word. Pick up your bed, leave around you where you tread straight forward and don't you turn. A bunch of lies being spread,
0: but you're in the head and let the bridges burn. Let the bridges burn. From a city of the broken promise, consider everyone a liar if I'm being honest. I plead the blood over the air, the risen Messiah. So you see the colors of the wind, I'm on my Pocahontas. I know the chemistry of pain because I know the science. They never mandating for love because there ain't no compliance. Uh, Y'all accepting anything because there ain't no defiance. None, but dude. you don't worry about the jungle when you work with lions. You don't worry about the turf when you too busy flying. Uh, Mothers ain't raising their sons because they too busy crying. I done caused so many tears during my search for Zion. I got my armor and my helmet so my shirt is iron. Little homie, don't you purchase what the world is buying. Don't fall in love with the planet because the earth is dying. Keep that fire in your heart because the world is frying. Don't get it twisted, best believe me that the church is trying. Feel like you hanging from a thread, got the voices in your head. Rise up and stand firm. Remember what's been said, all that truth that you've been feared. I can't stay in that word. Pick up your bed, even around you where you tread. Straight forward and don't you turn. A bunch of lies being spread, but keep
1: looking ahead and let the bridges burn. Let the bridges burn. Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason and Sean. And we're back with another riveting round five. I don't know why I use the word riveting. I riveting. think it just starts with the R. R. And I don't want to use ridiculous R- or redundant or, yeah, I don't know. Repulsive. Uh, repulsive. Is, is there, what, what are some other good R words? Y'all help me out. Give me some good R words I can use for round five uh, whenever I come into the show. Because I, I say riveting. I don't, I don't even know where I got that from. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, five reasons we can believe in God. So just to be honest with you, uh, I'm using this tomorrow for our high school uh, class at church or middle and high school as I'm going to be teaching this information to them. So uh, I'm going to be bringing up my slideshow that you'll be able to see on YouTube if you're paying attention there. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, obviously, we're going to just share it with you audibly. Uh, If you are watching this on you, if you're watching this today and you're part of the high school, middle school class that I'm teaching tomorrow, just pretend you didn't see this. okay? so. uh, So, yeah, man, let's jump into it. Uh, So one thing to know is the importance of let me make sure the audio is going here. Uh, cause I don't want to, ch- ch- let me see. Is the, where's the audio level? Here we go. All right, cool. They are. So one thing is, uh, you know, first Peter tells us that we should have a answer for our belief. So first Peter three, 15, 16, a says, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your help as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. So, one thing I think a lot of Christians do is they grow up in the church, they grow up around other, you know, believers and Christians, and they just kind of pivot off of what they do, or they just do whatever they do. They, they imitate them. Uh, they don't really understand themselves why they believe in God, or, or, you know, they just, this is the way it's always been. Right. And uh, so it's always important to kind of have a better understanding of why you believe in God. And I'm not saying these are reasons why you should believe in God or your reasons for believing in God or sharing your testimony. But I don't want to give you five uh, reasonable arguments for the existence of God. Okay. Uh, In short, this is apologetics. Um, So if you're familiar with apologetics, Aaron, Marcus, a lot of other of you, I know you're going to like this or you're going to. Be bored because you've heard it a million times before. But not the parody band. No, no, no. Not the parody band. Okay. Nope. All right. So the first one is the cosmological argument, uh, also known, or a, a version of that is the Kalam uh, cosmological argument, uh, kind of Does really- have to
2: do with makeup? No,
1: no. Not that. Oh. No. It's uh, the space. Co- type oh, type cosmic, thing. not cosmic. cosmetology. No, no no, 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 no. It's a different, different. Gotcha. Um, Sorry, yeah. but uh, William Lane Craig is a huge proponent of the Kalam cosmological argument. Uh, not some people have issues with some of his other theology or theological views and stuff, but uh, but for this right here, I think it's 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 a pretty good argument. So the Kalam cosmological argument states three things. One everything that begins has a cause. So nothing just happens for no reason at all. Like there was something that causes it at some point, mm. whether on purpose or not on purpose, it is, has a cause. Uh, we know through science and astrophysics that the universe had a beginning at some point in time. It began, right? It has, it's not, it's not eternal. And then three, the universe had a beginning. Therefore it had a cause. So, there stands to be there was a person who caused it, a thing that caused it, some sort of causation for the universe. And so this might not necessarily... It was caused because of a Big Bang. Who caused the Big Bang? It just naturally occurred. So uh, so this doesn't necessarily give us a good argument for Jesus, but it gives us a good argument for a, a creator of some sort, some type of causation factor. And so it has to be a personal thing because it has to have the will to do so. So it's got to be personal. It's got to be powerful. It's got to have the ability to do it. It's got to be intelligent because everything is so meticulously done. Uh, It's got to be spaceless because it's got to be outside of the space that was created. But it wasn't meticulous to begin with. It only got that way over
2: billions of years of evolution.
1: Accidentally. Accidentally. But yeah okay we we'll, we'll we'll go further along the process on this, uh and then the fifth is going to be timeless, it has to be outside of time, so uh those are the five things that has to happen, and all of those line up with the God of the Bible, okay, so uh the second one to go on your statement there fine tuning the fine tuning of the universe, okay, so imagine you're in this complete random area that's undeveloped there's nothing out there there's no building society or anything like that you're walking through for some reason and you happen to see this cabin that's there wooden cabin's been built you know it's got a roof and all this stuff on it you walk in it's got your favorite food on the stove it's got your favorite music plan you got the the most comfortable bed you've ever had all these things um it's got everything you could need for survival everything right there for you uh, would you think that that happened accidentally over millions of years it just accidentally happened well no you would think a person did that they created that they put that there knowing you would be there at some point to be able to enjoy it uh kind of similar thing think about a watch if i take my watch throw it up in the air like all the pieces just toss it up and it lands would it just put itself together accidentally No, there's got to be someone that designs it, that that put it together very meticulously.
2: Yeah, but see, that's not a natural thing, and neither is the building.
1: Right. It's, It's created.
2: Right, but all the natural stuff can come about just through evolution.
1: On accident. Yes. Sure. So, PhD physicist Freeman Dyson said... As we look into the universe and identify the many accidents of physics and astronomy, keyword their accidents, that have worked to our benefit, it almost seems as if the universe must have, in some sense, have known that we were coming. So the universe had to have some sort of knowledge and ability to know that someone was coming.
2: See, the universe, a.k.a. aliens,
1: did know. Sure, sure. Um, another quote, a very popular physicist said, uh, someone has been monkeying with the physics. So in other words, everything works out so perfectly. Uh, it seems like they're, they maybe someone was putting it all together in a perfect manner. The way the universe has to exist in a certain way for us not to implode or explode. There's gotta be some sort of force that's holding it together. There's, a, there's a, a verse in Colossians that says that the Lord holds everything together that he created.
2: Yeah, but that's just because they can't rationalize that aliens from another galaxy have created all that there is here.
1: So the aliens are spaceless, timeless, intelligent?
2: They don't have to be.
1: <laughs> you made okay. that up. No, I'm saying the, the idea that the universe had a start... Had to come from... Aliens. A spaceless, timeless, intelligent... It doesn't have to. It
2: doesn't have to.
1: But then you got to figure out how the aliens... I mean, that's the age question: questions. Where did God come from? God always was. or so were all the aliens always there? Sure. Okay. Do we have any proof? Yeah, the
2: pyramids. Up. Have you not seen the pyramid? And the Aztec? I mean, come on.
1: Okay, that, okay. Uh, all
2: these, all these ancient civilizations that have all this, like you know, supernatural, you know, developments that there was no way that they could have done it themselves. So they were definitely guided by aliens. Aliens. Yes. Okay. All right. See, and and and, and well, they you saw, have aliens. They saw them as gods, but you know they were just you know, aliens that were trying to help develop this planet and create and. You know, let this world have its own
1: thing going on. So another thing we got to look at is DNA. So I don't have uh, extensive knowledge into DNA, but I do know that it's very, 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 very loaded with information Mm -hmm. that kind of similar to a book was written by an author, how all the information in our DNA alone had to have some sort of author that, that does that. The aliens. Now, we have the scripture that says that God created us in the womb. Are aliens still creating us in the womb, or did they just? The only way you could say aliens is that they started it and then let it run off on its own. Well, yeah, and, just, and let had, it evolve had naturally happen. Yeah,
2: but but they but they but they set that in motion. They, they they hit that first domino, and then each domino thereafter took place. So, but they set up all the dominoes to be able to fall in place.
1: See, the problem with that argument is is the fine-tuning doesn't make sense if that's well, the case. Well, sure,
2: they have intervention every now and again. We just don't see that. It, it, sure. it, again, billions of years ago, they got it all started, but they came back and they helped the, the Aztecs. They, they helped the Egyptians. I mean, come
1: on. And we have no type of proof of that. They didn't show themselves to let us i I, be, I
2: believe that Marvel just created a movie recently that explained <laughs> a lot
1: of that. But, you know, whatever. The Eternals, the Eternals. So, the other thing is the moral argument. Now, this is probably... I, I saw a, a debate between um, William Lane Craig and Sam Harris. Sam Harris is one of the... The actor? The, Sam Harris, I... No. Sam Harris. Yeah, Sam Harris. He's, he's an author, uh, a, a, a guy that uh, his, his idea is that science can dictate morality. Now, the problem with that is every time you would ask him, like, well, explain it. And he would just say, well, it's common sense. It's just common sense. You shouldn't. It is common sense. Like you shouldn't torture babies for fun. That's just wrong. Uh, you shouldn't take what's not yours that's that's wrong uh, a lot of these things for him are just common like he doesn't have a scientific reasoning for it he just says it, it's common sense you don't have to have God to have common sense uh, it, it just it, it's a, it is a self uh, self-fulfilling prophecy is, is essentially what he has now in the Christian worldview uh, scripture tells us that God has written his law on the heart of man so Romans 12, Romans two twelve through 16 when the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed even though they have never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by that law when they fail to obey it. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God, it is obeying the law that makes us right in His sight. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know His law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them that they're doing right. And this is the message I proclaim that the day is coming when the Lord through Jesus Christ would judge everyone's secret life. So it's telling us that God has written his, his, his law, his moral uh, standards on everybody's heart, whether you've had the written law that was given to Israel or not, that it's there. So that explains why, In every culture, a lot of the same tenets of moral value exist without having necessarily the same exact uh, book that we have or or library of books called the Bible. And so there's got to be, if if there is a moral right and wrong, if there there is an objective right and wrong, that's got to be based on something. And that something is the word of God, the character of God that we are being compared to. I Actually, it still goes back to the uh, DNA
2: and the imprint that the aliens have put onto us to be able to behave like decent individuals. Uh,
1: uh, I could agree. I think that God, when he writes our DNA, that he puts those things in there. Uh, right. I could but, agree with that. But
2: but the fact is that it's aliens. It's not God.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. All right. The last thing is uh, the number five, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So outside of the Bible, we have individuals like clement uh Ignatius, Polycarp, Just a Martyr, who all wrote about the actual resurrection of Jesus. Now, one other thing that someone had pointed out that you know I never really thought about is one, a lot of times we like to look to you know like secular writers or atheist writers and say, Oh, look, they believe it, so it's got to be true. Uh, There's no reason not to believe that the Bible itself isn't a historical measure, an accurate historical measure or measure of history. And so uh, even though some people were like, yeah, you can't use the Bible to prove the Bible, I get that, but there's no reason to think the Bible isn't historically true based on archaeology and based on other writers at that time who were not followers of Christ.
2: Well, but given that so many other cultures have... similar stories of, you know, say, like, uh, the flood. Um, I I, I think that that right there alone kind of disproves some of that, plus some of the ridiculousness. I mean, flooding the entire world. I, I, I mean, maybe a big flood in a specific location, sure, but not the entire world because then otherwise, you know, why wouldn't any other culture have some kind of record of it? I mean, there's no record of it in any of Native American cultures, so it sure? can't really be true.
1: There's cultures all around the world who have a record of a worldwide flood. Oh. Not, every, not every specific culture, but cultures all around the world has it. Th- there are
2: many, but it is not around the world.
1: I think it is. I think I you're think wrong. It is. They got records of drawings in caves in just about almost every continent. Except Where for North America. Exists. Well, North America was. That was after. Was, that was found. I mean. It, yeah, but that's a big chunk of land did not have I any mean, kind of record. It is, but we also don't know when the first people came over to North America to to start that. So.
2: But so you're saying that a chunk of land as big
1: as North America was uninhabitable? I mean, all, I mean, I know it was habitable. I just don't know when and how.
2: Right. But either way, and and I and I sound like I'm the ridiculous one. Okay, all right, no, no.
1: Well, and I, feel I mean, you. just because they didn't have it in uh-huh. their, you know, whatever type of sure. literature they might have had, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not true, ah. as well. Hmm. What I'm saying is the majority of culture has records of some sort of flood or story of a flood. Many, sure. So With that,
2: I don't know that I'd say majority, but
1: many, yeah. So anyway, uh. But we also have uh, all the disciples witness Jesus' resurrection, except for Judas. (laughs) And if there were so many accounts,
2: then how could Noah have been the only ones to have survived? See, so clearly... Noah Noah and his kids. Yeah, but so clearly had to be more than that, because otherwise you wouldn't find accounts all over the world, as you said.
1: Well, those stories spread.
2: Okay, but then it can't really be legitimate then, can Canada because then it's like second, third, fourth, fifty gen- generations down the road of accounts. Well, now we're talking about. The, so then you don't really know that it happened in that location. Well, now we're talking about the but rather of
1: scripture. <sighs> if you want to go that route, and we're not discussing that right now. Oh. That's a whole other topic. Okay. So, um, but because we have point? good reason to believe that the Bible was true, in another com- conversation. So we have uh, you five, think you do five hundred believers that uh, that saw Jesus delusional folks at the time with an agenda. No, five hundred people don't have the same exact delusion at one time.
2: I believe that they could get together and agree on one one bit of uh, information that they're all going to share. Sure, but we do
1: have the disciples that were with Jesus. Did, did you not meet the Nazis dying for their faith? And if they had known it was a lie. Like, why would all of these people be tortured for something they knew was a lie?
2: Nazis? I had said it already. but Yeah, okay. but they don't
1: know it's a lie. They believe oh, no, what they, Hitler said. Oh, no, no. Yeah, they knew. So lie. that was a little bit different. That's, that's not the same no. as Jesus. And, and the difference is they were trying to overtake the world in a physical and evil way. Disciples were trying to introduce people to Jesus, which wasn't the same, and they weren't they weren't, an an they weren't killing people. They weren't killing people for what they
2: believed, but, but they're still controlling people, though. And they did ki- and they did kill people for what they believed. Did the you have you not heard did, of the Crusades? The disciples didn't. you not crusade. heard the Crusades. That's a I whole different see, thing. See, so people have killed for them.
1: You're going to worry some of our listeners. I, think. <laughs> 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 I mean, I get why you're doing it, but I think some folks are going to be worried about you. Okay, all um, right. So, uh, so aside from the disciples dying for for what they believed was true based on what they saw and they reported, uh, we have James, who was Jesus's brother, who actually did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah after he saw him resurrected. So, his brother, who didn't believe him, didn't follow him, didn't really partake in his ministry, eventually came to believe after seeing him resurrected. Like that's what took him to believe that he was God was seeing him. Uh, after he was crucified. And then Paul, who had previously killed and tortured and imprisoned all sorts of Christians, all of a sudden, at the spur of the moment, flipped and then gave his life to preaching about Christ. So none of that stuff makes sense at the resurrection of Jesus. Didn't actually happen. And then uh, another thing, too, is this is something that I think a lot of people, and, and I get like this, you can't take your personal experience and use that as an argument for God's belief. But I do think that if Christians do have some sort of personal experience with God, the Holy spirit, I don't think that should be written off for that person. Now, obviously, you know, you can't take your personal encounter with the Holy spirit and try to convince someone else that God's real because there's you know the evidence now, you don't have like evidence to argue and stuff like that. Uh, but I think us as believers, like if we do have some sort of personal encounter with God, that we shouldn't just get rid of it. Well I I I think that there's
2: you know something key in that term believers. There's gotcha. there's belief. That 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 doesn't mean that necessarily that I intellectually understand and comprehend it means that I believe. So with what has what has happened to me, what I have experienced, I believe. So, yeah, certainly you're not necessarily going to, you know, convince somebody based on
1: belief. Yeah, and that's one thing, like, we can't go back and scientifically prove that Jesus was resurrected. We could look at literature from that time. We can look at, you know, things I just, you know, told you about, which to me is overwhelming evidence for the Scripture um, and there's all sorts of, of scholars out there who's done research or, and, and read that stuff and broke it down and compared it to anything else that we believe today in our modern day on anything, showing that if you can't believe the Bible, you can't believe anything from ancient literature at all. Period. Nothing. Um, the Bible has a, an outstanding amount of reliability compared to anything else from that time period or even hundreds of years after that. And so, but uh, I. I think with the, the cosmological argument, looking at fine-tuning, looking at the simple fact that if, if the Earth was just a tiny, itty-bitty bit off of its axis at all, that if we were closer to the sun... We'd burn up. We'd burn up. If we were further away, we'd freeze to death. Yeah. Um, all of those things, to me, it's just, you know, whenever I studied chemistry, like, I was learning how the body would, you know, like, how the body would balance itself out. You know, we don't put everything in our body that it necessarily should <laughs> have, right? <laughs> Uh, we don't have food like it was back whenever. I mean, there's some people that do eat whole food and they have their own. You know, right. that's very rare right. in, in today's society. And uh, but our body can like somehow, our body can exist and continue to balance its, you know, hormones, usually in the, in the necessities. Right, uh, and just understanding that, like uh, the birth of a baby, like I heard, you know, whenever I was in developmental psychology, one of the the people who were the, the, the scientists or bi- biologists that were talking about the process and everything, they said that every time a baby is conceived, it's a miracle in it of itself. Sure. Because of all the things that take place. And understandably, if God's knitting the baby in the womb in however manner he does that, it would make sense. It's a miracle every single time it happens. Um, then the fact that, that you carry that out for 10 months. And then that, you know, children will, you know, grow or whatever. Uh, all that stuff that happens without our intentional uh, causation of it. Yeah. It's something that's just, just happens. I don't think about breathing. I don't try to force my heart to beat, things like that. All of that, to me, is clear signs of a creator. Now, whether it's Jesus of the Bible, you know, that's another argument based on scripture. Uh, but to know that a God exists, that God exists, I think these arguments to me are, are believable. And, um, again, now this is Jay Warner Wallace. Uh, he made the statement. He was a cold case detective that had never fumbled a case. Like every time he opened a cold case, he solved it every single time. So he used those cold case detective skills to investigate the gospels. And said that in all of the scientific methods that he would do to research cold cases, he found the Bible to be true. He said that one thing that he noticed though is it's it's interesting you can have two people look at the same evidence mm-hmm. and one believe and one don't believe. Sure. He said one doesn't want to believe it. If you can't you can't convince someone to want to believe something. Sure. And so even though if we have this proof, we have these these reasonable arguments and logical arguments, uh, doesn't mean someone's going to hear them and that's going to make them automatically believe. And then if you're Calvinist, you're not going to believe unless the Holy Spirit makes you believe. So you got that in there too. But, um, anyway, man, anything to add to it? I know you were, you had some, some things you were tossing in there, but yeah, I was definitely playing devil's advocate. Um, you know, the, um,
2: I, I think you covered it all very well, but, um, you know, it's it's good to be able to question things and to be able to have questions about um, what it is that you think that you understand or believe. Um, don't lose sight and don't get too wrapped up in that, and especially in what um, the world is telling you. Um, check your facts, sure. Uh, go back and do some research, do some studying. But... Um, but also listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, because the Holy Spirit is just not going to lead you astray. So, if you're a believer listening, uh, keep that in mind. If you're not a believer and you're uh, listening, uh, you too can have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can also help guide you.
1: Um, and uh, anyway,
2: yeah, I guess that's about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um. So last last thing on this is uh, there was a. I've heard it, you know, so many times people ask a Christian, like, what would it take for you to, to give up your faith and a million dollars and essentially they're like, absolutely nothing because God is more real than any temporary thing that we can see or do. And he has made himself real to me. Mm-hmm. You can't undo that. All right. Like if my wife kisses me and I, you know, I have that kiss from her, nobody's going to convince me your wife didn't kiss you. Yeah. It's done. It's, it's done unless I'm completely out of my mind and that is an option, but, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, man, uh, I hope that was helpful for anybody out there who might, might be struggling with things like that. Um, let me know. I mean, there's, there's so many different people out there that talk about this stuff all the time. Uh, William Lane, Craig, Ken Ham's got some good stuff uh jay warner wallace sean mcdowell there's so many so many apologists out there who do some great work so i mean if you want a list of those i can give you a list just let me know and uh yeah man we'll be back to talk about uh another cultural trend that is killing the church which is the demand for excellence so stay tuned
3: Everybody falling down Like fallen soldiers Sees my brothers on the battleground Life and death you feel that pain When you lose someone Armor up gotta prepare for the repercussions Look around seem like everybody falling down Like
0: fallen soldiers Sees my brothers on the battleground Life and death you feel that pain When you lose someone
3: Armor up gotta prepare for the repercussions Cause the reaper coming How come people keep jumping like it's real I be observing blood spraying like a fountain Cause we were on a mountain It's peak disturbing but I'ma be the psycho Bring sword to the gunfight Sticky situation when you on sight Tweaking cause I reflect all the sun's light Makes my movements real clear when you think about it in hindsight When I don't know what I'ma do I just point all of my focus to you Died on the cross, your lies on my scene You let me up with your scope so I shoot Don't know where I'm going but know where I've been May think I'm crazy on logical flame. me Praying for you, this is a slippery slope Hope everything works up for us in the end Look around, seem like everybody falls
1: Solomon's Porch with your host Jason and Sean and we're back to continue our discussion on cultural trends that are killing the church so last time we talked we talked about the fact that we couldn't agree to disagree Uh, essentially if you don't believe what we believe you're you're ousted from the community you can't be a part of it um which is very unfortunate uh if you believe the, the the essentials of the faith uh we talked about that then You know, you should be good with that body. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about the demand for excellence. And I find so many wrong things with that. Um, I can give a couple of things that I would, I would understand why people would, would want to do that. But anyway, um, so let's dive into it. The, uh, so you have a quote here, Sean, trying to bring up the article. Yeah, so the, the point of the article
2: was that uh, in today's churches, we demand so much from our church staff that they have to be like experts in everything. Or even more critical is when you have a pastor that the pastor has to play the role of like 10 different people And and not only just do those ten different roles, but has to do it to a professional level, or else we're not going to hang out anymore. There's no reason in staying there, and that's part of this demanding the excellence. Is that um, when when did we get to a point where if you weren't professionally produced, whatever, that you can't go and worship anymore? You know, if your praise team doesn't sound like. you know one of the big mega churches then you're not going to listen to them you you can't worship with them because they sound like garbage really when when did we get to that point now that does not mean to say that as say a praise team musician that you shouldn't strive to do your best but that, as congregants, members of a body of believers, that we should place that kind of demand on them. The the quote that I had pulled out was: "When we combine this with the kind of screwy um, ecclesiology, ecclesiology, thank you, that expects the paid church staff to do pretty much everything, we end up with a situation where local ministers are required to be Bible teachers, accountants, strategists." Visionaries, computer techs, counselors, public speakers, worship directors, prayer warriors, mentors, leadership trainers, and fundraisers. But more than that, we expect them to be exceptional at it.
1: Yeah, I know. Earlier with the Track Stars podcast, we were talking about. Um song and maybe some of the reasons why they failed or some big churches like that fail. And one of the things I think is if you look at this stuff, especially with the the, the public speaker, worship director, um, those things, computer techs, is everybody wants the church to function like all of the top tech companies, all of the top motivational companies, like all of those things. People want the secular world feeling and functionality in the church now that's kind of an issue because i mean if you look at the five gifts that god gave the church you don't have tech gurus you don't have uh fundraisers you know you got spiritual gifts but the gifts of the church are, are pastors teachers evangelists prophets um and I can't remember the last one um when not a whole lot of people deal with but like all the things that we expect from like the people that, that head up the church are things that are not biblical. And the church has a problem because they look at these demands and they're like, Oh, everybody wants all of this. We got to meet these demands or we're going to lose the people. And so that's the problem with, let's say mega (laughs) churches. So we've talked about mega churches before, not that necessarily they're bad, but it almost becomes an entertainment center for the Christian. Like, people don't want their sto- toes stepped on. People don't want to hear anything that might challenge them. They just want a good job, hoorah, keep doing what you're doing, and I hope you have a good time for this hour and a half you're here. Which is why a lot of times, like, musical worship is way longer than a preaching. Because they're there for an experience that they could they could elsewhere get at a concert or some other type of venue but, you know, the church is like, hey, if we do that here, they'll put their money here instead of at the concert. Now, I'm not saying every church feels that way. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm not saying that mega churches are bad or non-biblical because we talked about it before. A lot of people would meet the synagogue weekly, to read the hearing of the scripture. But we get to the point where we want our pastors to be entertainers, which is one of my biggest issues, one of my biggest problems is they got to take public speaking classes like whenever you when you go to seminary I haven't been through seminary but I've seen all of the class listings mm-hmm. a lot of it is how to keep people engaged and entertained and and, and stuff like that um especially the public speaking like tell, tell a funny story make sure you you're, you're doing this that and the other to stay engaged and i'm just curious to know if any of the early apostles did that if they were trying to... Oh, definitely. Like, they they
2: all had to have uh, university-level education before they could do that. Probably so. Probably I, so. I, I mean, uh, look, when Jesus <laughs> went really. to go find his disciples, that, that was part of the criteria. I mean, he went out there, you know, to these, you know, fishing boats, and there he was like, all right, hey, do, do you have a four-year degree? Have you been to seminary school yet? Did you include public speaking? Did you include... I, I mean, no, I mean, come on, look now. He was no slouch. He had his junk together, bruh.
1: Yeah, and I think we, we, look at, we look at the church, and I think one of the biggest things about this, we demand excellence because we prefer that. We want that. It's, it's a selfish desire. Sure. Essentially. If the worship team doesn't play the songs that you like, you complain about it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. If they didn't play the way you wanted them to, maybe they played too long or maybe they didn't play long enough. Or there was a guitarist who was just
2: turned up a little too high.
1: There's all these, yeah, there's all these things that we get so picky and, you know, we're like, man, if they don't do different songs, I'm going to leave. And, uh, and I love the, I think Francis Chan was the one that originated it, but it's a saying like, you know, I really didn't enjoy worship today. And they said, okay, well, that's fine. We weren't worshiping you. <laughs> like I love that phrase. It's it's been shared all over the place so many times, but I think it's great. And I, I think that's the that's the attitude that the church should have. Mm-hmm. Is like, look, give give Jesus your everything, but let's not try to be necessarily like like the the, the top notch tech businesses and what we do, um, or at least don't don't make that the focus. Don't make that the focus. I think it's not bad to have, you know, top-notch technology, things like that. Sure. Uh, if it's helping your people grow spiritually. Sure. If people are showing up and shouting and crying and or having a good time and they leave not knowing God any better, not being any closer to him, not knowing the word any better, it's a waste of time. Clean symbols. And a waste of money. Yeah, there you well,
2: yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is that uh, you know, uh, there's that joke of you know, uh, well, I do make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It's noise to everybody else, but it's joyful to God. Well, but no, seriously, right? And and, the, and that's all that really truly matters is that when it comes down to it is that it, again, is for God. It's not for everybody else. So when I'm sitting there saying that, you know, I didn't I didn't like the music today or I didn't like the pastor's sermon, well, even though the sermon is still technically for the body of believers to be um, somehow growing or built up in, in some manner of speaking, um, you still might want to check yourself and uh, seek out the Holy Spirit as to why you feel that way um, because it may be that uh, the Holy spirit was speaking and you just weren't listening. <laughs> uh, that happens a lot for us. And, and I'm speaking purely from, uh, from experience. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to point fingers because I, I, I experienced this all the time. Uh, there's probably not a Sunday that, uh, you know, afterwards on the ride home that we're not like, so what'd you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got this from this and you know, how'd you feel about that? Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't really agree with this, but you know, and, and, and some of that's fine to a degree, but it's usually still in there somewhere. It's like, man, what was the deal with that song? That, that was just, that was stupid. I don't know where they
1: got that from. That, it was just horrible song. Okay. So what? Uh, I'm fine if, you're, if your problem is maybe the song wasn't biblically sound. Well, sure. But like, that, that's usually not it. It's just it's that not I it. didn't care for the song. It's not it. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say on, you know, this is, and kind of Sean was talking about, if you're a part of the praise team, uh, you should try to do your best. You should try to give it your best effort. Uh, Psalms 33, 2 through 4. Says, praise the Lord with the harp, make music to Him with ten strings. Sing to Him a new song, play skillfully with a shout of joy. Uh, for the word of the Lord is upright, and all His work is trustworthy. Uh, so we should play. Try to try to play skillfully. Don't go up there and and just lollygag it in the name of whatever. Uh, but uh, if your guitarist isn't as good as a guitarist at the church down the road that honestly should not be what's impacting your decision to stay at that body. Right. And if it is, you've got a problem that's beyond, um, the church. That's, that's an internal problem that you have. Um, so, uh, what else is in that article? Um, so, uh, and, and essentially I think the other problem too is whenever, whenever we're, we're looking at this, like all of these things that we we kind of require church to have, it really shows you more as a consumer than a than a a, a a producer so we should be doing things at the church not sitting back and consuming like if I'm serving then I'm not going to be paying attention to as much of what's wrong as far as like oh well uh, you know if they got a coffee shop you know like you got a problems with the way they do things or if the 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 children's center doesn't have all the latest and greatest games and technology and LED lights and you know all these things. Like, there's nothing wrong with all of that, but really, you should be more focused on what is my children learning? Like, what are they? What are they being taught? Uh, are they being taught? Because I think a lot of churches have daycare centers, not oh, yeah. not not youth church in a way. Well, and 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 in
2: part with that is is that the emphasis was for this article was that your active participation so how often in today's society do we uh get all of our information from online um how how often do we just uh call up a professional to come out and take care of something instead of actively trying to learn something or to learn from somebody something and then for the matter how often are you teaching somebody something you know are our The article mentions our children are learning to cook by way of Google or YouTube, as opposed to, let me show you how to do this. And so once we start to remove our active participation from it all, then it definitely puts us into that consumer mindset. It is all about you providing for me, as opposed to how do we do this together, kind of thing let me share with you whatever it is that I have let me step up and play the guitar as best as I can because we have no other guitarist and I will practice and endeavor to do my best to do so I will volunteer to teach a Sunday school class and step outside of that um, what I would consider my normal comfort zone to be in front of people because I have a passion for education you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. Uh, the song that we're going to play at the the end of the podcast deals a little bit with that. And and it, it goes back to that being that hands and feet. God didn't call us to be, you know, just uh, bench warmers. He, he called us to get out there and play the game. Yeah. And, um, he, you know, when we expect paid staff or that there should be paid staff to take care of everything, then there's issues. You know, um, a very old school church mindset that's easy to get into as a um, sort of a opposite view of this is that, uh, or when you start traveling down this, this line of thought rather, is that... We shouldn't have to pay pastors or youth pastors or anybody else like that. So then you get into bivocational issues with with pastors, Uh, youth pastors that are purely volunteer but then are overworked and then have all these exceptional expectations put upon them, but then they don't have any support. Uh, How many years have I done youth ministry with next to no budget or no budget? Yeah, you know. Uh, then there's churches that, you know, what I had for an entire year of a budget, they get to use twice as much in a month. <laughs> you know, all right, all right. I, there's there's one you can go and and be one extreme or the other. So it's a matter of being able to find that, you know, that sort of sweet spot, if you will, understand that there is an issue, understand that we need to be able to address this. Uh, but do it in a reasonable manner at the same time. So, you know, yes, it's good to have paid staff. Pay the staff. Pay the staff a living wage, most certainly. And especially for the things that perhaps we ourselves cannot commit to doing. And if you have a large enough student ministry that you, you know, fill the need that you, okay, we need to have a youth pastor— Pay them and pay them well, and provide them the budget that they need to be able to do whatever sorts of things that they're doing. And and look, we're not talking about necessarily you know taking them on a mission trip you know five or six times a year or something like that because we all know those are pretty expensive. But you know any kind of budget is better than what a lot of other churches have, which is nothing. So you know not necessarily entertaining the kids, but educating the kids, but doing it in a manner that is going to reach them so anyway
1: yeah I think that's another thing too was we do a lot of the comparison situation you know it's like oh well you know daughter at school was youth ministry or a, a daughter or, or another kid at school their church went here and did that and yeah. they went to uh, Hawaii and XYZ you know why aren't our kids doing that right you know we have a whole lot of that mm-hmm. and it's like what was the purpose of the trip what they get from it Right. like was it just a vacation or was it a ministry thing Right. Uh, you know, I think you know. You, you or was it ask. a ministry thing that was dressed up? That's a whole another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go in ministry, you take all these photos, and then you're just there to have fun, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you pack a couple of boxes of food, and that's about it. And uh, but yeah, I think you know we need to we need to focus on you know what is the purpose of the church? Why is it here? What is our role at this church? Not what this church can do for me. It's almost like that famous president quote. I'm sure everybody's heard it. You know, it's not what you can do for your country. Or not, not what the country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Jonathan Same thing with the church. You know, It's not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for the church. Right. And Peter and and, and, and like so many uh, scriptures talk about that. They talk about you're giving these gifts for the sake of the body. Right. The body's not giving these gifts for the sake of you. Now, you will benefit from that because obviously if you have a need and someone else has that gifting or whatever, like they'll be able to help you in that manner but your goal should not be going around to finding people with all the best and brightest gifts for you to benefit from or receive from well i'm i'm, I'm gonna make a, a
2: bigger analogy here that i think that might hurt a little bit so you're talking about the body and we even have examples within the word that talk about you know the toe and and, and all the different parts and they have to function together and so every part of the body is important well, so if you're not actually contributing, then what are you? You're like a leech, mm. right? You're just Ooh. sucking out of the life of the body, or tick. Yeah, you, you can p- even get diseases. Yeah, you're a tick on the body of believers. Oh man! Ouch!
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not. Nah, gonna, I, I,
2: again, not uh, pointing fingers, except for at myself, even at times. So. That's
1: an interesting analogy because they talk about cutting a, a vine that's not fruitful off of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. The fig tree that got cut down wasn't producing. Yeah, produce, yeah. Uh, don't uh, don't be a, a fig an, tree.
2: An appendage that has gangrene
1: gets severed. <laughs> you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's there, there's a mm-hmm. lot of analogies there now. But essentially, we don't want you to be that leech. No. We want you to be a, a life-giving person in your body. Because otherwise, we wouldn't bother ta- uh, talking about it. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think this, this probably ties into the, the last one as well. The, 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 you know, when we can't agree to disagree. Uh, be the change that you want to see. Yeah. If you want to see your body having X, Y, Z, or doing this, that, and the other... Like, be a voice of reason to those in leadership. Uh, And if they say no, that that should be fine. You should be okay with allowing them to say no. Yeah. Um, The church doesn't have to do everything you want to do. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I, I tell people all the time, I have one, one, one in 50 ideas of mine. Or, or doable and okay. It might be a good idea. I think my, my
2: church needs to change the coffee that they use, but they're not gonna do it. <laughs> but you're not
1: gonna just ditch because of that, though.
2: No, but I, I might actually step up and start buying the coffee that they
1: need to eat. Oh. There you go. There you go. See, and that's what I mean. Like, you could either say, okay, their coffee sucks. I'm leaving to go find a church with a better coffee. Or you can say, I can make a recommendation of a better coffee. Maybe we can provide the coffee. Maybe we can get people together that'll provide the coffee. Like there's there's being a change agent in a positive way. Sure. And uh, and I think if we did more of that, then we'd have a better, we'd have better. I hate saying this word retention rates for people at church. Sure. And um and stop wanting this is another stop wanting your pastor to change your life with every single sermon. Like, I guess, like, people just have this mindset like a pastor's got to have a brand new everything that's just going to oh, awe me every single week. Man, that's too much to put on your pastor, man. Well, that's too much. And besides that, at some point in time, you've
2: got a lot of information uh, already inside your head. So yeah. to really blow your mind at that point, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, so. sometimes he's going to sense something you've already heard, you've already known. Yeah. Be okay with it, be yeah. okay with just getting a reminder. Yeah. I mean, they ain't got to completely, you know, rock your world. Every that, that doesn't sound right, but yes, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, that's it. That's enough of our ranting on this topic. Um, so hopefully, that is, uh, you know, brings up maybe some some ideas for you and your body, uh, or to maybe have you to chill <laughs> on your body. Stop demanding so much. Uh, again, we do want to thank our. I stopped uh, demanding anything from my body, and <laughs> some time ago. <laughs> Uh, We do want to thank our supporters, uh, Aaron Simpkin, True Strength Apparel, Sam Blackwell on Patreon, Jason Motley, uh, Purely Bachelorette. Make sure you go check out PurelyBachelorette.com. It's a Christian company that tries to provide a good, wholesome party experience for Christian bachelorettes who don't have to worry about all the nasty stuff that usually interweaves itself into a bachelorette party. So uh, we're ending this week with Honor and Glory. Now, now who who is this band made up of again? Disciple. Just the Disciple band? Yeah. Is doing a, a a lesser rock worship type music?
2: Well, I, I wouldn't say lesser, but it is doing a rock worship.
1: Okay, okay. so is it a different style from Disciples' usual stuff?
2: Yeah, it, it okay. definitely is a different feel. If 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 you were to take more of their worship um, worshipful songs that they've done over the years, that's what this is.
1: Makes sense. So yeah. maybe now Disciple won't have that stuff in their regular albums for your sake. Oh, oh for my sake. <laughs> All right. Glory to God is going to be ending out the show this week. We'll see you next time. Um, yeah. Always remember, Jesus loves you way more than we ever could. Peace.
4: The world needs to know The world needs to know how much you've done to set them free. So I want to tell the world that Jesus is alive and His mercy is unfair.